Sunday pour. We are back. Uh, Hurricane Hen- Henry. 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 Henry with an I. Henry with an I. I don't know. Henry is the H silent. I, <laughs> I don't know. I don't respect it though. So I don't, I don't respect it enough to learn its name, how to pronounce it. It's European. I guess the European model. I mean, it was a big bitch, so it's got to have a little European yeah. in that. That That's uh, very true. Not yeah. complaining though. Not complaining though. Just my first thought. Uh, how was your uh, Hurricane Sunday? Tropical Storm Sunday? Did you bunker down and what'd you do to pass the time? Uh, nothing. It wasn't that bad. I just didn't make plans. Um, I had things to do on Sunday. Just did them on Saturday. I was like, we're just going to take it easy. We'll hang out. I was kind of planning to lose power. I made sauce, made meatballs. I was ready to go just in case, but uh, nothing. We didn't lose power or anything. It was weak. No Monopoly? I uh, did play a couple of board games with the kids, but uh, yeah, that was it. Watch Scent of a Woman. Oh, very nice. Yeah. Ooh, uh. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Make it, make it wall-to-wall John Daniels. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Cr- uh, uh, Colonel Frank Slade. That's it. That's the man right there. Yeah, good one. Uh, what about you? What did you do? It was, not, it was nothing, man. It was just rain. I, I looked out the window the whole time. It was just like, it's just raining out. <laughs> nothing. Yeah. It was even that windy. Yeah, the tree in my house was whipping around a little bit, but nothing, uh, nothing we haven't seen before. I said I wasn't going to complain if it was a dud about the weather people because I just was not – I thought back to Sandy and Irene. Those kind of blended together. Yeah, one yep. of them were we didn't have power for felt like forever. Right. So I was like, you know what? I'm not looking forward to that. If it happens to be a dud, just wipe my hands clean, move on. I I will. Say, I did put the Weather Channel on Saturday night to see like what the story was, like what to expect, like when it was coming in. And I'm telling you, man, these guys just get way too excited. And they're just like, if we see landfall on this day, we're going to see destruction that we don't usually see in this part of the country. I'm like, why are you so fucking excited about that, man? Like, it's not a good thing. They're really, they're yeah. really, they're a little, they're too much, man. They're right or wrong. I don't care about they're right or wrong. That's, you got a job that you can be wrong half the time. Fucking congratulations. It's great. Great job by you. Let's figure that out. How to make a career out of it. But I mean, uh, this whole just kind of, just, excitement about the weather no matter what the circumstances are give it a rest pal it's not that it's not that exciting no i know but my uh the only weather channel the only the only weather uh reports i saw were sunday morning my wife had it on and it just got to a point where she had it on a little bit past a little bit longer than she should have and i was just like give me the remote it's like there's a there's a there's a window right there. You look outside. You want to know the weather. You know, you know they do the thing where they go around to this person's in East Haven and this person's mm. in Old Saybrook and this person's in Mystic and it's you know yeah it's one of those goofy things. Like why do you need someone outside on the scene with technology nowadays? <laughs> do you need that? I guess I, I don't know. They they was they just want to be uh, want to be there in case anything happens on the scene in case something happens for breaking news. Seems a little outdated and unsafe. Yeah, I think that's part of the attraction. The the unsafeness is what makes it fun for the viewer. So they think like they're risking it, like you know, like they're a soldier. Like they're putting their lives on the line. 
to report the weather to you. I'm sure they go home thinking they're like big shots, some kind. Of, yeah, I'm sure there's some uncalled for wartime, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, comparisons when they get home. When they get home and talking to their their wives about it. <laughs> get you get you to weather any way that we can. Uh, yeah, I mean, Give it, to you. it it is pathetic because even on the Weather Channel, they they had they had a, a map and they showed you know they had them all up and down the East Coast like. It was like Bridgeport, New Haven, then like Providence, Boston. And they showed like pictures of the anchors that were going to be on the scene the next day. Like this is real. It's pathetic. You're you're uh, yeah, yeah, turned to a reality show. Yeah, give me one guy on the beach. That's all I need. I don't need a thousand guys. Yeah, I don't, actually, they should turn it to a reality show. I'm like the last one. Last one there. I don't know. Wins. Who goes into shelter first? Who runs loses. Yeah. Yeah, but what if it's a dud then? It's not really that fun of a show. Eh, I'm not watching it anyway, so. That's a good point. Do whatever the fuck they yeah, want. Yeah, but we're producing it though, so you got to come up with something better than that. Oh, I'm not. I don't know if I can attach my name to that. <laughs> we're kind of this, In this country, who knows? People we're, might people might lock into that. We're Survivor's on. It's like 51st season. We're counting on you to come up with a clever name for this show, so. <laughs> oh, man. I don't know. Weather the storm. That's it right there. Weather, Weather the storm. I think that's as good as we're going to come up with. <laughs> yeah. um, now, all I did yesterday, again, no plans because, you know, you got to plan. You got to plan for the worst, right? You can't. Yeah. Oh, that, by the way, we canceled something. You and I canceled something on the Sunday. It was not because of the weather. That was not. No, I know. Yeah. Okay, all right. Just want to be sure there was no uh, confusion there. No, uh, no. I mean, I didn't have plans to begin with, so my plan was just to. The only planning I did was uh, I got a couple frozen pizzas in case I had to uh, throw them on the uh, the grill if I lost power. Mm, good thinking. Yeah. And then there's these new pizzas. You know, Zupardi's in West Haven. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I tried their frozen pizza. Grading it on a frozen pizza curve, very good, nice and thin. All right. And there's a place right around the corner for me that has a little market in town. Mm-hmm. I, I did the adult thing. The adult, I made the adult decision and didn't go grocery shopping because I didn't want to be around those people on oh. Saturday afternoon. Oh, man. That's really a smart, smart move by you. Because I'm not exactly sure what kind of, what kind of planning. Like, what, what, what kind of, you know, all these people who talk about zombie apocalypse and they, they stock up on this and that. What do you need at the grocery store that bad? It's going to be closed for 24 hours. I'll tell you. I went on Saturday just to run an errand. Like, just I didn't get stuff for the sauce. That's all I was going to the store for. Not stocking up, not, not uh, bunkering down, nothing like that. I went to a stopping shop over here. And we're much further inland than you are, too. Yeah. And stopping shop, there was no meat. No. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Like, what the fuck is going on here? I can't get past it. And every time, like, I, I, I was actually – I had to run a couple errands in the morning, mm-hmm. so I did have to drive around a little bit. There was some sort of accident on the highway or something. I don't know what was going on, but it took me, like, an hour to run a couple errands from East Haven to Brantford, one town over. I mean oh. – And I'm just, like – I'm in traffic, and I'm just – like, I'm motherfucking everyone. I'm – you know, because if you're – just. 
what's going on? Like, you know, everyone likes to make these like apocalypse movies and like these uh, pandemic movies. What would happen if this wiped out the country? What would happen if this happened? You know what would happen? We'd be the movie is you just sitting out in traffic for like three hours, like a fucking asshole. And then I don't know. Eventually, people just get out and start shooting each other or something. Because it's it's never like they do in the movies where people band together and some shit. There was a hurricane twenty four hours away, and people can't figure out how to fucking get on and off the highway. <laughs> you know, the, 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 it's not like in the movies. You know what I mean? Where people band together in like Red Dawn when the Russians invaded. You know what I mean? And all these Americans banded together. It wouldn't be anything like that. We, we would be so fucking lost. Oh, we'd, we'd trouble, be so yeah. fucking lost if we had a real challenge other than a few raindrops. Oh, yeah. No, we need each other. And we, uh, we saw from the last, we, with the C word, we saw how, how it is. People, they just take sides based on whatever the fuck. And there's nothing, there's nothing based on anything except they want to be on somebody else's side. But the problem That's with that the is, movie we should make, though. Yeah, that's, that's the movie. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, the C word, but it's like a little more serious consequences. And everyone just turns on each other. Every man for themselves. There's no banding together. There's no like, there's there's no nothing really good that comes out of it. Did I ever tell you my idea for a movie? Uh, that's like, it's kind of like um, Running Man, kind of like The Hunger Games, but it's like my own thing. I mean, it wouldn't be as it wouldn't it wouldn't be anything more. It wouldn't be anything as involved as those two movies. Yeah, basically, it's Running Man, but inside of a Home Depot. Every man for himself. You put like a bunch of convicts in there or something. Like last one standing wins, and you just have okay. whatever, you have whatever you can get in the Home Depot to fight with. It's and like the Running Man meets Supermarket Sweep. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. All right. It's a good one, right? Yeah, you get nail guns and two by fours. Yep. If someone takes a metal shovel to the chain, head or something. Chainsaws, axes. Yep. Oh yeah. There's a lot of good. Yeah, you got to go there. for the axe. Oh, those axes are ridiculous. You ever wield an axe? It's a lot of fun. Yeah, I have. When I was breaking up stuff, uh, when I was demoing my kitchen. It was fun. Yeah, they're phenomenal. I had a neighbor that told me he could like we had a couch we were thrown out and he's like, I'll take it to the dump for you. I was like, no, nah, nah, I got it. He's like, what do you mean? I was like, I'm just gonna hack it up with an axe and throw it. <laughs> he's like, no, I'll take it to the dump. I'm like, no, this is really it's like my fantasy camp. <laughs> just chopping chopping through a couch. Right. Right. Being a Yankee has come and gone. This is all I got. <laughs> it's just I just, wanna, I just wanna take a few swings at my Dest- couch. Destruction. And a little bit of a rush if you kinda you miss a little bit. Because yeah, you know a toe is, I mean, is not surviving. You're losing a toe if you if you could do it. Right. Oh yeah, you got to be careful. You got to be real careful. Oh yeah. Yep. So Running Man meets Supermarket, Supermarket Sweep. Sweep. I like it. it. Yeah, you nailed it. I like it. I would do the movie about the end of the world where like the, maybe the aliens come to invade. Yeah. And they just mind trick us into killing each other. They don't even have to. We don't even have to. They don't even have to do anything. We just kill each other. Which may be what they're doing. Maybe what's going on right yeah. now, yeah. True story? It's the beginning. It's yeah. only the beginning. <laughs> uh, no, but yesterday, uh, I had a little movie marathon. All right, what'd you do? So, 
my wife always talks. She wants. She likes watching TV shows, and I was just like, I don't want to watch a shitty TV show. <laughs> so most of these movies, I, I just don't. She watches. She watches TV shows on her own time. Um, <laughs> and wait, what kind of TV? Like reality shows? Uh, like ninety days? No, like whatever the new fucking. Shows. Whatever the new thing is on Netflix. All right. Gotcha. Like, I don't know what script, they are. Script, I walk scripted, in the room. Scripted shows. They're very, they're, oh yeah, they're scripted. They're not okay. really, she's not really into reality. I mean, okay. I don't know, say yes to the dress, like bullshit like that, but that, that's not really, that's not really a show you, you lock into. Um, so I was like, all right, let's watch, let's watch a uh, movie. So we started off in the morning. Movie number one. I'm sure, I'm pretty sure you've seen all of these. If I I've seen I saw three out of the four of them already. Uh, <laughs> first movie, Claire History, Larry oh, David. Larry movie. David. Yeah, so the one I saw when it came out, but I that's I don't remember much about it. Him and John Hamm. Yeah, I hadn't seen it since it first came out too. It's uh yeah, it's basically. I mean, it's basically an episode of Curb, kind of like a long episode of Curb. It's Larry David playing Larry David. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was movie number one. I you gotta start. You gotta start the day off with a comedy. You gotta go light out of the gate. It was still AM. Yeah. You know you can't you can't come out you can't come out with something you know dark and twisted right out of the gate. Uh, I had for, I had forgot because I hadn't seen it since it came out. That was an HBO original, right? Yeah, that was HBO. Yep. I had forgotten. Uh, how many people were in that movie? Oh, I remember Larry David and John Hamm, but you had uh, Kenny Powers. Oh, really? I don't know. Yeah, I don't oh, really yeah, know. Danny McBride. Yeah. You had uh, Liev Schreiber. Whoa. Okay. Showing up, playing like some Russian gangster or something. Uh, Keaton, who I remember, but Michael Keaton's incredible in it. And his little buddy, Bill Hader. Wow, they play they play like brothers or partners or something. I forget exactly what they what they uh, do. And of course, you know, Curb favorite yeah. JB Smoove. Of course, yeah. Low, I mean, there. low a real loaded uh, a, a, a bigger cast than I remember. And obviously, Kate Hudson's in it. You know, Yankee legend. Mm-hmm. Um, Eva Mendez. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. A, a, a wide uh, a wide cast. So, mm-hmm. oh, and. Uh, I can't think of the actor's name, but Bookman from Seinfeld. That guy. Oh, Mr. Bookman, the, the library guy, library cop. Yeah, exactly. Still, nice. still uh, alive. Oh, all right. He's he's 90 years old. Oh, he's 90. Oh, he's up there. Damn. He was old when Seinfeld was on. That's a good point. All right, good, good start. Good start to the movie marathon. Okay. Number two, this is like early afternoon. What do you got? You guys, are you guys doing like meals throughout this? Are you doing snacks? What, what do you got? Oh, shit, I started with that. No, uh, I did uh, steak and eggs for breakfast. Nice. Okay. Nice. A little New York strip and some scrambled eggs. Okay. That was, uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was a, late, a late lunch, uh, early-ish dinner. There's okay. the parties, the frozen pizzas. Gotcha. Yeah. Maybe a chip or two in between. Okay. All right. All right. Movie number two. My wife hadn't seen any of these movies, so these were all new to her. But okay. I'm pretty sure you've seen this one. Basic Instinct. Uh, I feel like I saw one when I was a kid also. Oh, man. Yeah. You haven't seen 
All right. I hadn't seen Basic Instinct in a while either. Okay. (laughs) I have a new new appreciation for the movie. Wow. Okay. Well, see, I think the famous, uh, you know, the famous scene, right? Of course. The leg leg crossing, Sharon Stone. I almost think that that scene, like, almost hurts the movie because everyone associates just, it's like it's a one scene movie. Mm Mm-hmm. But, I, I mean, I think it still holds up. Now, it's got a little bit of a uh, – it's, it, it's kind of like a – it feels like very, like, watered down, like, Hitchcock movie kind of. Uh, right. Like, 50s mystery, right. almost like an old school mystery. But it also has very modern stuff, like all the sex scenes of something you would never see, you know, back in an old – you know, mystery movie that, from like the fifties. Is it considered um, not erotic? Like what? Like almost an erotic. A little bit. Thr- I mean, the like sex erotic scenes are thriller? pretty intense. So it's like an erotic thriller then. Um, uh, maybe. I don't know. I guess it could be considered that. I mean, there like, are some very intense sex scenes. I think of like that and disclosure, as being very also similar. Michael Douglas. Yeah. yeah. I don't think it's as. I think that, I think it's a lot more erotic than. Disclosure. Disclosure, I feel like, had one scene with him and Demi Moore. I mean, I remember one scene very vividly, yeah. Oh, yeah, she's <laughs> Demi Moore. Excellent, yeah. Right, um, so whole, it, what year was Basic, Basic Instinct? 92. Wow. All right, so it, it's... You thought it was like a little... It's, when you say watered down, you mean watered down in the fact that it's not as good as like... It's not, it's not, you're not as like on the edge of your seat as like a Hitchcock type movie. Like you're kind of. And it's, yes. And it's, it's um, the plot points and the plot. Uh, it's a little contrived, maybe if I'm using that word correctly, a little bit forced, like some of the things that are happening. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, I don't know. I, I feel like first of all, you're never going to be as good as the movie you're trying to kind of replicate anyways. Also, I gave it a Hitchcock feel was because it takes place in San Fran, which a bunch of Hitchcock movies take place in San Fran, right? Well, West, yeah. I mean, I don't know if it's San Francisco, but I mean, like, Psycho starts out there, and uh, I don't know, The Birds probably starts out that way. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, so it's from if you're if you're just looking from a pure entertainment oh, no, standpoint, I think the birds in East Coast. Sorry, but you're right though. Okay. There's another movie. There's another movie I'm thinking of. Vertigo. Maybe. Maybe. Vertigo, San Fran, and yeah. mm, there's another one in there somewhere. North by Northwest is New York. Ends up out west, like Montana. I have that one on the DVR. That's a good one. Uh, yeah, there's one I'm thinking of that starts in like a hotel room. I don't remember, but yeah, yeah, I, I, I get, I get you're saying the feel, the feel of like a Hitchcock western type. I get you're saying. Yeah, and like you know, one of those like, not western, uh, but... no, like old school like mystery yeah. cop, yeah. but like they the, do it in their own little the California type noir. Noir, yes. Yeah. I know, I know. What you're, as I soon guess... as like, is you just need to like kind of realize you're not watching The Godfather. As yeah. soon as you realize it's not Citizen Kane or Casablanca or one of those like all-time great, it's Basic Instinct. Mm-hmm. I think you'll enjoy it a lot more. Um, but I, and I also like how it's a little ambiguous throughout the out, throughout the. It doesn't like spoon feed you everything. 
All Even right. when the movie's over, you're kind of questioning. All right. Because there's a bunch of different murders throughout the movie, and they don't really – they don't put, like, a big bow on it for you. It makes All you right. think a little bit. I like that. Yeah, like, it's good. Yeah. No, a lot All of those right. old movies, older – and, like, I'm talking about, like, 92 here, but, like, all those older movies have still have value to them. They're still entertaining movies, even if they don't hold up with, like, the all-time rates. I mean, they were good at the time. Uh, I think Basic not- Instinct holds up. I actually was impressed uh, – how well it held up. I mean, you know, the, the dialogue's a little, like, forced. Like, you could tell it's clearly, like, written, but I don't know. Right. It's basic instinct, you know? You got to right. embrace it. I mean, I, I never would have guessed either of these movies in a million years if you gave me all the time in order to guess them, like, what you watch. So I have no idea what's coming for number three. Okay. <laughs> so I brought it up. When we were watching the movie, when it was, like, maybe halfway in or whatever, I mentioned to my wife about how it had a little bit of a Hitchcock feel to it. Oh, okay. And she, right. and she wasn't really familiar with his work. Okay. So I started rattling off like movies, like, you know, cause I really haven't seen that much Hitchcock either. Okay. Like vertigo. I want to see, I have North by Northwest on DVR and I, uh, I start rattling these movies off to her and I'm like, you've seen psycho, right? She's like, no, I've never seen Psycho. They've uh-huh. never heard of it. I'm like, we got to watch Psycho. <laughs> I was like, you have to. Yeah, I was like, you don't, you don't know what Psycho's about. I'm like, you don't know the famous scene from Psycho. She's oh, like, no, no. I'm way. like, who doesn't know? Who doesn't know that famous scene? Like, what do you That's mean you don't know this scene? Incredible. The music, the score. It's incredible though. Did you get to watch it with her and like as you experienced it for the first time? That's fucking phenomenal. Yeah, because that movie, I. I Psycho, I think, may be the only one of his movies that I've seen. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had forgot. I mean, it had been a while since I'd seen it. I, I forgot about the whole, like, backstory, like, leading up to how she ends up uh, in the motel. Yeah, it takes – yeah, and then Vivian Lee is, like, the star, and then she's not the star anymore. And it's Yeah, out of Curtis, nowhere. Yeah. Like, the movie – if uh, you've never seen that movie before and you don't know what it's about at all – yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, a psycho. Someone's a psycho and is gonna show up. <laughs> but like, you know, it, it, like if you didn't know that movie, like you would think, like, okay, she's on the run with forty grand. She stole with somebody. Mm-hmm. Like your your envision of what's gonna t- happen does not match what <laughs> what ends up happening at all. No, <laughs> not at all. Like, I had for, I had forgotten all about that storyline of how she. I I really I didn't even give it a thought so i like that part like felt all new to me then the stuff at the motel i had remembered um so you don't remember like the uh creep the the creep client like hitting on her <laughs> no no i had forgotten all about that classic yeah i had forgotten all is that the one that she steals the money from right i think it's like his from his deal right yeah yeah 40 yeah. grand yeah. The closing yeah yeah uh yeah, and I had forgotten that like the opening scene is with her and the guy she's seeing in a hotel. Like, oh, that's, talk. that might that might be what I, the opening I'm thinking of. Guys in a hotel. I think he does it a couple times, where it's like an opening in a hotel room like that. I think there's one more. Oh. Hitchcock. It's like it's like a Hitchcock uh, like staple. Hotels. Like a, or no. finds a way to work hotels into his movies. No, like, no, I think he does it like opens in a like a hotel room or like an apartment like. He go, did you go in through the window? Like you kind of, it's like the yeah, vision of the so. whole city, and then it gets kind of smaller and smaller, and all of a sudden you're in like the hotel. You go yeah. through the window, the blinds. Yeah, I think he does that a couple times in his in his. Uh, and he throws in himself life. in his movies too. 
Oh, he's always there walking a dog or opening the door or something, yeah. Yeah, he was, like, standing outside the bank or something yeah. at the department store in one of the movies. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Um, so, yeah, so Psycho was uh, – Psycho, Psycho still holds up, the, the, you know, the score yeah, in the Psycho. movie. What was, uh, what was her reaction, like, when uh, – with the big scene in the shower, I was like, "Did she gasp or anything? Was there any audible no. or noticeable?" No, Nothing, huh? she, she no, she doesn't. No, she watches movies differently. Like this, this is different. It's a different yeah. experience. All right, for her. All right, well, yeah, like, you're right. Though. If you don't know what's going on or what's happening going into that, that's the movie just turns in a dime. Like there's certain things like that I've seen for the first time and. I'll like mark out for like um trying to think of an example. Like the end of Mad Men. You know, how yeah. the, like the payoff is him with the Coke commercial. Yeah. Like with my wife, it's like nothing. Like, oh, he wrote the Coke commercial and then she'll just go <laughs> on to whatever she's and I'm just like what? all right, whatever. I just like, like come on, how does that not the journey to does get it to make that. does it make yeah. You does it make you to. think a little bit like how cool that was? All right, whatever. Um, Pete Campbell's getting on an airplane. That means something too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, by the way, back to Basic Instinct. Couple yeah. Seinfeld guys in oh, uh, Newman. I know Basic Newman's Instinct. in it. Yeah, Newman. I had remembered this guy. I forgot about Kruger is in it. Kruger. Kruger is Internal Affairs. Oh, all right. He's like beefing with Michael Douglas because Michael Douglas like shot a couple tourists when he was high on coke, and he was. He was on duty or off duty. I forget what exactly he said, but he was high on coke and he's a big okay. cruiser. All right, Kruger. Like, let's not throw stones. Pal. Yeah, let's not make like, a federal yeah. case out of a couple <laughs> asshole tourists. <laughs> like, you've never done anything that bad before. Come on, pal. And the best part about Basic Instinct is he comes into it on the wagon. And is it on the wagon when you're sober? I don't know. Yeah, whatever. On the wagon. And, like, it doesn't. They don't like draw it out him going coming off the wagon. It's like instantly, which I appreciate. <laughs> yeah, it's how it happens. You don't ease into it. It just that it is there. All of a sudden, you you fall. It's, yeah, it's not like some dramatic thing where like you go home and you break a bunch of windows and get hammered. Like it's just <laughs> Douglas like showing up to the bar, being like, oh, "I'll have a double, Jack." That's it. Like that's how it works. It's kind of, uh, did, you, did you watch the White Lotus by any chance? It's kind of no, I did not. Uh, Guy falls off the wagon and that. That's kind of how it happens. He just goes right into it. He's just all of a sudden he's just drinking and doing everything else under the sun. <laughs> so yeah. all right, all I, right. Not, I have an appreciation for that also. I did a, a more, a more uh, recent uh, pop culture appreciation for for falling off the wagon in real time. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so that was uh, Psycho's movie number three. And, and, then, like, at, the end, at the end of Psycho, they do something really strange where um, they kind of like have the cops explain what was going on with them. Like you talk about spoon feeding from Basic Instinct. That's yes. something that's just that's a sign of that's not Hitchcock really. That's a, kind of a sign of the times where you had to really dive into it, like really kind of spoon feed so the audience understood. It wasn't like some weird fantasy or something that, that, that there was like an explanation behind like what was going on with Anthony Perkins' character. Right. They're basically telling you that he was sick, you know, right. yeah. twisted. And like, I was actually thinking during that scene, like how different, like it would be today. Like they kind of, 
Yeah, I wonder how Hitchcock would end it today. Yeah, for sure. Just like the mental illness factor. Like, yeah. they kind of like go all in on this guy. Yeah. For being a sick puppy. Well, you saw Joker, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Joker felt like it was kind of like almost an, uh, not an endorsement, but like uh, putting like mental illness under the microscope. Yeah. They made him into a sympathetic figure where in Psycho, he's not a sympathetic figure. He's a fucking monster. Yeah. Well, at the end, kind of, I think when they explain it, it's like, oh, poor guy. But yeah, in, in Joker, that was all about kind of this poor guy can't get his meds and system is fucking with them and tossing them around. And I hate Right. It. You don't want your feelings to be sympathetic. I hate it. You hated Joker? I hated it. I, lo- I, think, <laughs> I, think Joaquin was, I think Joaquin was great. I mean, he's always great, but I, just, I hated that movie. I really did. Okay. Complete, complete misuse of De Niro and Sinatra. Um, it was mis- oh right, yeah. It was I hated it. All right, that's fair. I only saw it once. And yeah, I didn't really think once was enough. That was it. All right. <laughs> so uh, we, I stayed on the Hitchcock theme, and this was the movie I saw for the first time. You mentioned it before, The Birds. Wow, you went back-to-back Hitchcock. I went back-to-back Hitchcock. It got dark out, you know, so I went a little eerie. Um, I got to say, it was good. First of all, I hate birds. Nice. So sit close (laughs) to home. I don't don't like birds. Perfect. Blue Jays, Jays, Cardinals. Orioles. Eagles, Orioles, yeah. (laughs) Falcons. I don't know. Really for for me, I, not that I didn't like this movie, but for me, it didn't have um, like the the suspense and like the airiness that Psycho had. Hmm. Okay. And I thought maybe, and this is part of like maybe I didn't see this movie at the right time, but like the Man versus Beast, I've seen so many of those movies. Like you know, we talked about like Jurassic Park, and hmm. I did think I know this isn't like you know a fair criticism. But like it was, movie was made in 1963. Some of the scenes, like the bird scenes, were clearly like, oh yeah, you can tell it's fake. Yeah, somebody, somebody throwing a Muppet bird at the yeah, of course, <laughs> the, yeah, the window or something. But I did read something interesting. There's no music in that movie. Oh, he does not use music, huh? Which is interesting. I think it because I read because he wanted, uh, he wanted. The full, uh, like, the sound of the birds. He didn't want the music to, like, muffle that. Mm-hmm. And I also read that uh, the star of the movie, I can get her name in a second. Uh, Jessica Tandy, is that her? I can't remember. Tippy, oh, no, Tippy Hedren. I think it's her. Okay. Whoever plays the main chick in the movie. Yeah. Uh, like, Hitchcock, like, Hitchcock sexually harassed. Her? Oh yeah, his whole movie. His whole movie about that, that might be an HBO movie too. Yeah, where he oh, really? about that. Yeah, <laughs> and he and he also he made her actually fend off like real life birds to the point where like she collapsed on set and ended up in the hospital. Method actor. I, I apparently I guess he made her a better actress for it or not. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> or she had a breakdown. We don't, I don't know. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I I still have to. I've read that people consider Vertigo his best. I've never seen that one. Have you? Yeah, I have. I don't really remember. Kim Novak. Yeah. Um, that one's in San Fran. I think the Golden Gate Bridge is like on the poster of the movie. I got to try and bang that one out this week. I want to, because I want to stick with 
I watched Vert- stick with Hitchcock while he's fresh in my head. That's James Stewart, right? Vertigo. James Stewart, yeah, yeah. and Kim Novak. Yeah, yeah, and I rem- I remember parts of it. I don't remember it that clearly though. And I want to watch uh, Rear Window too because I've never seen that. I never saw Rear Window. North by Northwest is excellent. That one I have in the DVR, so that one's yeah. ready to go. I mean, that's Cary Grant, like this being full Cary Grant. Like, if you never saw him in any movies, like that's to, to me, that's like the epitome of what you expect when that guy is on the screen. But I don't know. I don't know if that's accurate or not. But yeah, North by Northwest is he's a spy and he's running from somebody. Uh, something. Yeah, he's got like a couple aliases and. Who's he with? Who you know? Is then is the girl? Is she like a double agent? Like it's all, yeah, a lot of double crossing and name changes and confusion about. Yeah, that's a good movie though. Um, and oh, and the main guy in the birds, I actually knew uh, Rod Taylor. You know him? Oh yeah, yeah. It's one of those old. He was in the Time Machine movie that I saw back. I think we talked about it on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was also, which I did not realize, I don't remember this scene at all from Inglorious Bastards. He played Churchill in that movie. It was his last role ever. Churchill and Inglorious Bastards. I don't remember Churchill and Inglorious Bastards at all, but that was his last movie role. 2009, he died in 2015. Whoa. So you've seen any pictures of it? Because I don't remember that at all. Yeah, I, I looked up pictures of it, and it still did not ring a bell. Rod Taylor. Oh, yeah. It's, like, really quick, I think. Oh, okay. I mean, I can't say I know that movie front and back the way I do some of his other movies, but I, I did not remember Churchill showing up. Glorious Bastards is, is a movie that just keeps growing. I love that movie. It keeps growing on me. Like, I, I liked it when I saw <laughs> it. And I just, every time I catch it or put it on, I like it, I like it more than the last time. That movie is excellent. Whether it's, uh, like, the Brad Pitt stuff, like, the, whole, like the, the actual Bastards, like the whole stuff with the theater, um, or uh, what's his name, playing the, playing the bad guy, playing... Landa, I mean, yeah, he's, uh, Christoph, he's, Christoph, Christoph Waltz, Waltz. Yeah, just one of the, one of the, I mean, I don't, it's one of the best bad guys you could ever write or cast or play in a movie. It's, he's incredible. Did you know how, what Tarantino did with him? He didn't have him do read-throughs. Oh yeah, he kind of yeah. I heard his interview. He, he kind of he had him do it like, and if he did do a read-through, he had him like half-ass it. So yeah, and like show the full, yeah. But everybody wanted like, him. To, wanted him to show up in as as the villain when he was yeah. there. Yeah, knock everybody's fucking socks off. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and then he plays the exact opposite of Django because he's like the lovable, like good baby face in that movie. Yeah, he's an equal opportunity, and he's uh, pro equal rights. Yep, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> complete opposite of Landa. Yeah. Uh, so I don't have I, don't, I mean the birds I saw a couple of times forever ago, but I I never I always liked it. I don't know. To me, it was just a creepy old movie. Yeah, it is. It's oh. definitely got a creepy element too. I mean, birds. Ugh. <laughs> I can't stand them. Um, 
And it's always, well, yeah, it, I wanna... and, I, and you're just always waiting for like the birds because like they don't show up right away. And there's, I feel like you had like hints of them. And it's called the birds. So I assume you go in, you, you know what you're. It's a slow at. burn. It's a slow burn. But do they tease it a little bit? If I remember, oh, yeah, like yeah. there's like a squawk yep. here or there. Right? And just kind of like as the, as the viewer is kind of flinching because you know at some point the bird is going to fuck some shit up. Right. I mean, yeah, it, it'd be, it'd be very misleading if the birds didn't do something. Like you're, you're definitely sitting there on the edge of your seat waiting for the birds to start killing people. Um, but yeah, I mean, that was, I, like I said, Psycho was the only other one of his movies I had seen. I don't, I, I don't know how all these movies got past me, but uh, I'm going to try, I'm going to try and bang a few out. There's some on Amazon Prime, which I think I can get onto through my in-laws, and then I have a there's a couple of them free on Comcast. He um, what was what was like his first one? He had like a World War II movie, didn't he? It was like a kind of a love story. Uh, that's not what I'm thinking of. I gotta go. I gotta I gotta jump on the. Uh... IMDb. I gotta do the. I gotta do the rundown here. All right, let's do it. Okay. Dial M for murder. That might be what I'm thinking of. Uh, no. He. I mean, he has a lot of movies. Yeah. Oh, the Thirty Nine Steps and the man. Uh, the man who knew too much. I think Thirty Nine Steps. I think I've seen this one. Uh, oh, the Coens did a movie called Was it The Man Who Knew Too Little? Which I'm assuming is kind of a play on the Hitchcock. I thought The Man Who Knew Too Little was Bill Murray. Ah, shit. What the hell is the Coen brother one with Billy Bob Thornton? Uh, the Man... Oh, the man who wasn't there. Not completely different. Oh, that's the Coens, huh? The man who wasn't there is, yeah, that's oh. the one with Gandolfini. Ah, okay. Scarlett Johansson, Tony Shalhoub. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Hitchcock goes all the way back to 1929, it looks like, a movie called Blackmail. And I guess okay. he's got some short, some short films even before that, but I guess Blackmail was his first everyone so 39 steps is 1935 and what was the other one you said um well i think it's maybe strangers on train i think like i might have seen like a bunch of these movies at some point but the one i said was um 39 steps yeah 39 steps i feel like that um, was first strangers on a train sounds familiar where is that yeah strangers on a train 1951 Yeah, I see, see all these all these sound familiar. But I'm not exactly sure. Mr. and Mrs. Smith, which was the remake with Pitt and Angelina. Uh, the I remake think, that split up a marriage. Or or made a marriage, but hey, look at it. Well, it didn't last though, so really it ruined two marriages. Oh yeah. Like now there's like eight kids from Uganda who have come from a broken home. <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, I think so he, his, he like he really like his older like later in his career when he made his most famous movies. Yeah, yeah, I think you're I think you're make making the right call here. You did the birds, you did Psycho, Vertigo, North by Northwest, and there's and I rear, mean I, I want to do Rear Window on Rear Window. Too. Yeah, Rear Window. I think I feel like uh, and then there's a lot to choose from. If you if you're really into it, you could just kind of go back. There's a, there's a hundred of them. <laughs> just kind of go back and see. Oh yeah, like we've talked about how you could just search a, a director's name or an actor's name, and all yeah. the movies pop up, and they'll show you which ones you can get for free. Yeah, through your cable provider. Yeah, there you go. So, yeah, that was my uh, tropical storm Sunday. Not bad. Not bad at all. Yeah. Uh, do you? Do you uh, when was the last time you used super glue? Super glue? Yeah. Really? I don't know if, if I've ever really used. Oh, uh, well, I used super glue. I had to fix like my blinds upstairs because something like broke off of them. It's really. I had to glue something back together. It's impossible to knock out of your hands, apparently. Impossible I mean, to get off your hands now, well, too? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Impossible to not get on and impossible to get off. Uh, yeah. I don't. First of all, there's like two tops to it. The one that goes all the way down to the bottom, like the one that just covers the tip. But if you yeah. use it, if you use it twice, the thing glued, the tip part gets glued to the top. So that part's stuck. So I go to, I open the other part. This is like the whole, like the bottom part of it. And it's like the whole mouth opening. Like that's the whole thing. So I'm like, all right, well, I guess I got to do it this way. Kind of try and drizzle it out. And then of course, like it's impossible to, just get a dab of it and it's like pouring out and I'm trying to like contain where it is. And now it's all over my fucking fingers. Just what like, are you super gluing? I was just like, uh, I have a, a bottle opener and there was a magnet in the back of it and the magnet fell off. So very important to have that close by at all times, right in the fridge. Couldn't possibly put it in the drawer next to the fridge. Needed that magnet. So you understand. You're very attached to that bottle opener apparently. I mean, it was, the bottle opener would still work with or without the magnet. <laughs> right. It would, it would still be close by. But I like having it on the, on the fridge. So I got to fix the magnet. And uh, now my fingers are all fucking super glued. All right. Uh, well, so I'm playing hurt now. It was very yeah, it was sentimental. You're very attached to the doing anything you can to serve it, man, to, uh, to fix it, to save it. That's it. Oh, well. No DNR on that. No, uh, I couldn't let it. Couldn't let it go. <laughs> oh man, made my way back to the stadium on Friday. Two years. How did it feel walking in there? First, like the first time. Uh, it was definitely different. I was definitely more excited to go because it had been taken away from me for a year. So it had been, you know, basically two full years since I'd been there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then I got annoyed with some stuff very easily. No vendors, which I didn't like. Oh, like, no vendors man. walking around. Oh, Obviously, you can get up and yeah. go to, but then the lines are fucking death. And The vendors are kind of terrible anyway, so yeah, it's, uh, whatever. Yeah, but there's still something to be said about it make I think the vendors are for like the real fans though who don't want to get up out of their seat. Yeah, no, you're right, but I think they suck anyway, even when they have them. 
I feel like the vendors were never very attentive or good or nearby when you needed them. Do you realize how much you miss them when you don't have them though? Always took, always took vendors for granted. Not anymore. No, I feel like I, I, I feel like when I would go there and I looked for the vendor, they're never there and I wanted them. So I, I couldn't appreciate them because they never helped me out. I was always, I was always kind of, as soon as that third out hit, it's kind of sprinting up again, like to be trying to be the first in line. You gotta, yeah. You can't. That's yeah, the thing well, is you without can't, vendors. When the inning ends, you can't gather yourself. You can't get up, straighten your straighten your clothes out, and get up. You got to just kind of get up and turn and go. Skip steps, push people over. They're trying to get out of the aisle. Like no, I got up first. I'm getting to the fucking beer first. I'm getting back for the first pitch the next inning. Yeah, you know, in, in this state of the new, in, with in the state that the stadium's in now, you would have had a hard time getting back. Oh no. It's just uh, I lost my patience and I just got out of line. My wife ended uh, up going up, but and we uh, actually had we actually got lucky with the tickets we had. Um, they gave us access. You know where the batter's eye is in, in the stadium? Yeah, you know yeah. that little like they show people in there. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's not like an exclusive club. I don't know why our tickets let us in there, but we were able to go in there. Shorter, no, like nothing free. <laughs> there was no, it wasn't like an open bar or anything. It was just shorter lines. That's that's a nice. I mean, nice to have. Yeah, I mean, I, I wasn't gonna hang out in there, but I'll take advantage of it. Uh, if it means shorter, shorter you, uh, could lines. You, could you watch the game from there? Yeah, there's oh, seats wow. in there. People sit in them. It's weird. Like I don't know why you would, because you're like inside. Yeah, I don't know. I need to be like. I need to feel the heartbeat of the game. Yeah, it's not quite the same it's not and it is a really good view too it's just not exactly what i'm looking for yeah good for uh, yeah good to, as long as you got to get your beer maybe maybe have a beer in there maybe I don't you could have a beer i mean you could have a yeah. beer in there like second inning and i didn't but and then take one to go yeah yeah exactly yeah. you gotta you gotta take advantage of that um and then this this was like the kicker for me mm-hmm so I'm sitting sixth row behind Judge. Okay. So I'm, you know I'm close by, and obviously in between innings when the Yankees are taking the field and Judge is warming up, kids are running down there to try and get a ball from them. Nothing wrong with that. Perfect, perfectly okay. Good clean fun. Exactly. You know what I mean? They they kids run up and you know they all have gloves. All right. So at some point, I don't know what inning it is. Fifth, sixth inning. There's a grown man in the aisle, okay? He comes walking down, grown up. I don't remember how old he was, but grown up. Oh, man. And he has a sign. I wish I could remember what it said. I didn't even – I didn't even – I tried not to look at him because I was, like, so physically nauseous. <laughs> it was, like, something with the play on judge, like sentenced, judge sentenced something. <laughs> and he's holding the sign, and he's got, and he's got a glove on. <sighs> Okay, and he's trying, he's trying to get Judge to throw him a baseball. And I kid you not, Judge throws one into the crowd right to the guy. And I just, like, 
I had like a Tourette's moment where I was like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> this fucking guy you throw the ball to? <laughs> I didn't like scream it. I didn't scream it. Like I didn't make a scene or anything. I, it was so loud. I don't think anyone heard me. But like I, could, like I couldn't hold it in. Like I was just so mad that that guy just got a baseball. It's like a bunch of – and he threw the ball in like every – time to somebody like yeah whether it was upper deck or a kid down there like he threw it in like he was taking care of kids that that, that wasn't my beef but like to give that guy a baseball like it just bothered me so much that i could not hold my disdain inside i couldn't do it i'm disappointed that you didn't say that enough from there you think i should have like stood up and just like fucking belittled the guy yeah I mean, it was, there it was, are some goofy fucking people, bro, take a, take at this game. Like, we used to sit, okay, like we used to sit in the bleachers. And maybe it's just like I'm just not cut out to sit anywhere else but the bleachers. And I know the bleachers are different in the new stadium. It's different, blah, blah, blah. But, like, I don't know, man. Like, the bleachers was full of, like, what you felt like were – you know, yes, real fans, but, like, there was some – there was a huge degenerate – uh, you know, angle. There's oh, definitely the degenerate, you know, uh, vibe. That's for lack for, of a better term. That's refreshing. Okay. And I don't know, man. There's just some like goofballs <laughs> that say, I feel like the closer you get to this, to like the field, there's just some goofy fucking people that like we didn't see as much sitting in the bleachers like it was just about like getting fucked up and watching the game watching really yeah, he's a romp yeah uh yeah yeah there's just there's not a lot of people that go to a ball game with that on their mind i don't know it's like uh it's a night out maybe or it's it's like a broadway show to them or it's just something something to do so i gave them tickets not really big i haven't been to a baseball game in 10 years you know like oh well, it's, it's post C word. I want to. I got to do everything I didn't do before. Uh, everything I missed out on, but I didn't do. Or he's not gonna take every. Every day's a gift, you know. So I'm gonna go. Yeah. Um, grown know. man baseball glove. I just can't get past grown man baseball glove. They had somebody on the morning show on the fan this morning that caught uh, Velasquez's home run. Yeah. And he there and he had a glove. How old? Uh, he was well, he's thirty eight because he said it like five times. Yeah, so but there's was, something wrong right there. Yeah, but he was proud of it though because he caught it and they gave it back to him. No, didn't ask for anything. No questions asked. Like didn't ask for like you know, didn't hold it for ransom or anything. And uh, I don't know if I ever brought my glove. Maybe when I was real little, I brought my glove to a Yankee game. Yeah, I'm sure I did when I was real little. I remember um, bringing it to a minor league game. I'm catching that shit barehand. It comes to me, man. I'm telling you. It's a, or you'll or you'll break your hand and you'll still be happy you didn't have a glove on. No, okay. Because you're an adult. I'll fucking catch it. Stanton, hundred hundred and eighteen miles an hour. I'm knock it down. <laughs> like Happy Gilmore and just, just fucking take it off the chest. <laughs> Only three hundred and sixty four more days to hockey tryouts. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I I just can't. Uh, I don't know. It slows it down so once it gets out there. It's not, it's not 120 miles an hour when it gets there. It slows down. Yeah. Gravity. Yeah, it's not a takes, missile. Takes over. I'm not, I'm not catching the H-bomb. Right. 
But I don't know what's worse, like the, having the glove at the game or actually like going up to judge when they're like, look, look, dude, there's a but there's literally like 20 kids over there. Like, do you not see the difference between you and them? What are you missing? <laughs> uh, but there's also that goofball that goes from Stadium to State and trying to catch like scouting home run hitters. Oh, God, Zach Hampel. Oh, you know the his fact name. that I the fact that I know oh. his name is humiliating. Yeah, oh, man. I I actually talked shit to him at a game one time. He was being interviewed uh, by someone <laughs> like on a little tape recorder, and I told him to go fuck himself. <laughs> I was like walking into the stadium. You ever like see somebody that like you never think you'd ever see in your life, sure, but yeah. it's someone that you someone that you don't like, and you just like you just act, you just react. You felt like yeah. you had to say something. Yeah. Like, I felt in that moment I was liquored up enough where I had to tell him to fuck himself. <laughs> <laughs> and he's yeah. reacted. And he's reacted. I'm what sorry. Was to, me. What was I supposed to do? I got Leonard. Boom. <laughs> yeah. Right. Exa- exactly. You just, you just react. <laughs> yeah. Nothing you do about it. That's just, that's just a, the instincts taking over. Right. He had it coming. Uh, the guys like that had it coming. Fucking yeah, yeah what a seriously. stupid, what a stupid thing to be famous for. And the one, and he counts like the ones he catches in batting practice. Those do not count. I, I, you I, getting I, to the ballpark two hours early and like running over little kids—that does not count. That's yeah, catching a I didn't know. I don't know how he keeps track of these things, but I could care less. His numbers are all fugazi numbers anyway, because they're about nothing important. Studies the analytics, probably. Doof, doof, doofus. <laughs> Complete doofus. Yeah. And this, well, and this is another one. And this, that's why players should go opposite way, just to get out of this fucking guy's glove. Right. Hit against the Hampel shift. Right, yeah. And this is another one. And this, this is um, – maybe it's just showing how well the team's playing that. There's nothing really to complain about the team right now. Mm-hmm. Have you heard the two-strike – Noise now that they play. Oh no! You texted me oh. this, but I still didn't. I still haven't. I didn't listen that night, and I haven't uh, paid attention. I don't know if they play it every time. There's two strikes. Maybe it's just two strikes and two outs on a hitter. Mm-hmm. But I noticed it. I think it started on on this current homestand that just ended. I think it was Monday night, and I think Cole was pitching Monday night, and uh, you know he had two strikes on a guy, and I just tear. Probably a terrible, probably a terrible impersonation, but that's what it sounds like to me. Like a fire engine? Yeah, almost like an alarm or something. I don't know. And that's what they play. And I'm just like, what is this goofy fucking shit? And then I think it was mentioned on one of the broadcasts, maybe the <laughs> night before I went, Thursday night, I think I was it was. Co- was Coney, Coney complaining about it? They weren't complaining about it, but I think Kay oh. just said, that's new. Uh, so I'm like, all right, it's not just me being crazy. It's not just me being crazy. Yeah. Now, the sign is from uh, a movie. It's from a very popular movie, this, this, this noise. The siren is from a movie? Yes. Mm-hmm. It's uh, gonna make sense when it's gonna make sense, and you're not gonna like it. I already, you're not gonna like. <laughs> it. Oh no! Is it from? I hated. I first of all, I hated it because it's just like it's very minor league, bush league. Yeah, yeah. 
I mean, you, you need all you need is the crowd. If you're a real team, you just have the crowd take you home there. Is it? Is it? Does it make more sense? Like why they play it? To know it makes movie? perfect sense why they. It makes perfect sense why they play. It. You'll know why when I tell you what movie it is. I don't know. All right, I I don't know. It's not the Hunger yeah, Games right. or Running. It's not Man? the Hunger Games. Not Hunger Games or Running. Or running okay. Man. It's the sound that the uh, Death Star makes in Star Wars. What? You know, it makes a sound. <laughs> I never knew either. And I like, I like the old Star Wars movies, but I had no idea that the Death Star made a sound. But that is what is now playing at Yankee Stadium when they get two strikes on a batter in a pivotal situation. Oh, all right. They really lean that, into the whole evil empire thing. I mean, they definitely built a fucking Death Star because the place is kind of a. Uh, Walking, just like floating yeah, yeah. shithole, kind of like Death Star was. We need an X-wing to fly into the weak point and blow it up. Oh yeah, I was like so mad when I saw like how like long the concessions were. Like I was saying heinous shit. I was like, if there's another nine eleven, not that I would have oh. the one, but <laughs> oh, fly it right into this fucking place. <laughs> I'll go play at City for a few years. Could try. We could have a do-over. Have a mulligan. Try and build a real stadium. Oh uh, yeah, they need a mulligan somehow. I hope we've got a nine eleven esque yeah. attack that does it, but uh, could be the end of baseball in New York if that happens. No, not yeah. like when there's people in it. You know. Yeah. No. It's a symbolic terrorist attack. Yeah. Um, Even the Bin Ladens can't stand the New Yankee Stadium. Right. And as much as I hate the new stadium, I can never do like a full boycott because you're just fighting yourself if you don't. Yeah, no, I know. It's I'm just, we're stuck with it. We're stuck with it. Yeah, and it was just great. You know, you just it was it back. You know, watch a baseball game and and that's it. Mm-hmm. Just sitting there, even if, if it's a laugher, if it's a laugher, it's you know, it's America. So at least it's, it. a la- it's a laugher in the right direction on Friday. Uh, right. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Those but it was nice music. just being able to sit in the stadium and watch a game after a uh, hiatus. Yeah. Good to be back. Yeah. And, and nothing beats watching the ball game live, even at that shit stadium. Nothing beats watching live baseball. And, and I'm just, you know. Yeah. It's just cool. It's just fun. Yeah. Nothing, nothing beats it. So. We'll we'll bet we'll we'll bear with it. We'll fucking complain about it on the show constantly, but uh, we're not we're not not going. We're not never right. Going I going reserve the right. If I'm spending money there, then I have the I reserve the right to complain heavily about it. I had I can't the, wait to go. I can't wait to go back. Yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> I I had the I had the opportunity in 2008 when they were building this stadium. And they're still playing at the old stadium to do a tour of the new stadium mid-construction. Oh. Then my old stupid job I had to fucking stay late for. Couldn't get out early and I missed a fucking tour. <laughs> you think you would have known right away on the tour <laughs> that it was going to be a disaster? Probably not. I probably, probably would have marked out for it. That's my guess. Yeah. It, it, it didn't take long. To realize they probably fucked up. Yeah. I, I probably wasn't even that first time we went to see Cubs there. Nah, because that was exhibition. Exhibition yeah. game. And it was 11 degrees out. We were just, we were just concerned to uh, not lose a member of our party to hypothermia. 
Right. It's like the Oregon Trail. It's got yeah. sky a blanket. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. Who was on that Cubs team? 2009 Cubs? Yeah. Uh, let's see. 09 Cubs. Was Starlin Castro there yet? Was Soriano there yet? Mm, I would have said – I would have had him on the Nationals by that point. Wow. So I, I, I've been to Chicago one time for – I saw both Cubs game and a White Sox game when I was there. And Soriano was playing left field for the Cubs. And I sat out in left field. So he comes out. He sprints out in the first inning. Whole left field bleacher stands up, gives him an ovation. He tips his cap to him. Two innings later, shot down the left field line. He goes to get it, bobbles it, drops it, picks it up, bad throw. Everybody in the left field bleacher starts booing the shit out of him. Oh, <laughs> it was like two, two innings. They turned on him like that. Well, I guess it's a tough place to play, man. <laughs> Not easy. I loved it. Sorry, loved Starling it. Castro, 2010 was his first year. I missed him by a year. Ah, okay. I mean, like Mark uh, Fukudomi Fukudomi was on the oh, 09 team. Oh, yeah, Fukudomi. It was not a good Cubs team. Hmm. Soriano was on the 09 Cubs. There you go. Derek Lee. Oh, was your boy the Dumpster on that team? Ryan Dempster? Yeah. Not my boy, but yes, he was on that team. <laughs> Carlos Zambrano. Oh wow, he was he wasn't a bad pitcher. Yeah, Ted Lilly, ex-Yankee. Yeah, crafty lefty. Crafty. Uh, Aaron Heilman made sixty-eight appearances. Oh, one shy of the magic number. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, it was, this was not a good team. Yeah, Let's see yeah. how they did that year. You are fading. Yeah, the, the names are fading. Fair. Oh, not bad actually. Eighty-three and seventy-eight. Wow. A lot better than uh, I would have thought. Definitely did not make the playoffs, but still. Lou Pinella at oh, the yeah. helm. Sweet Lou. And, uh, yeah. That's it. Sean Marshall, crafty lefty. Another crafty there lefty. Oh, yeah. Milton Bradley, Aramis Ramirez. Oh, yeah, I remember Aramis. Yeah. Yeah, not a team. Yeah, not a great, not a great team, but yeah, about about. No. we'll call them about a five hundred team. Got the most out of their talent, I'd say. Yeah, I get credit goes to Lou Pinella. Yeah, nice job, Lou. <laughs> Sweet Lou, Man- manager of the year, if you ask me. What if if you brought up to Lou Pinella the '09 Cubs? Do you think I have any thoughts on that team? <laughs> or just, I mean, no, you guys had a 50, 60 year baseball career. That no, was, he would have. Was, he would, he wouldn't have much to say about the '09 Cubs at all. <laughs> he fucked. He actually fucked up one of those years. I forget what year it was. Maybe '06. They were good, mm-hmm. and game one of a playoff series. Carlos Zambrano's cruising to tie game after five. He pulled Zambrano so he could bring him back on short rest in game four. Mm. They lose game one. End up getting swept. <laughs> You never saw Big Z again in that series. Yeah, yeah. You can't manage. You can't. We can't win the series in the first game. You got to win the first game first. Right. He was already managing Game Four, which yeah, was insane. Can't do that. Got to get to the game you're playing, Lou. 
Yeah. Carl Zambrano a steroid guy or no? Ooh, officially or do I think? If I was actually thinking officially. I don't know. I'm not sure. I mean, everybody's a suspect from that era. Well, he was actually a little bit after the era. Well, when did he start? Uh, oh, one. So, yeah, that's still. Yeah, there's nothing on his Wikipedia page about it, so it looks clean to me. <laughs> there you go. Not exonerated. <laughs> Accused. He, he faded. He exonerated. faded the way. Yeah, he faded the way you're supposed to fade, you know? Kind of yeah. just lost it. Professional. Good for Carlos. I'm glad he's clean. Me too. In this day and age, it's nice to have that. Yeah. Bingo. Nice, nice, nice thing to see. Well, all right. Well, that's it. Monday. Monday. It. Monday. 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 In, in the books. Yes, sir. So I'll do it. Oh, and Oakland is up to a two nothing lead. Jan Gomes. Yeah. Bomb. All right. Well, that'll do it for Sunday Poor for Monday night. Have a great week. And until uh, Friday morning, we'll talk to you. All right. Take care. Thanks for listening. Yeah. See you later in the week. Oh, I didn't realize Yanks have another doubleheader tomorrow. No. No doubleheader. Oh, maybe it was just a doubleheader. The TV froze for a second. Maybe it was just a doubleheader on MLB Network then. Probably. And I'm a little I'm a little upset Luis Heel isn't pitching. I'm a little upset too. They're gonna make us couldn't just give couldn't just give Heaney a send-off against the Red Sox. Send him on his way. Thank you for your service. Gotta run it back with him. I'm pretty sure 10 game winning streaks ending tomorrow. I mean, it's got to end at some point, but I just feel like Heaney against Morton, it's probably it. Yeah, the faith in Heaney is not. I mean, if, you, if, you, if you're in love with Heaney after that game, just because it was the Red Sox and it was a big game, you know, maybe. Reevaluate your life. Yeah, you gotta, <laughs> you gotta be smarter than that. I, I thought we'd be smart enough to be like, all right, I mean, why why can't we see what – so Heal was supposed to pitch Sunday against the Twins. Right. Obviously, that was washed out. Yep. And I understand you want to keep Montgomery on regular rest. You want to make sure he pitches against Oakland. But, I mean, come on, man. Let me see what Heal has against, the, you know, a hot team in the National League. Like, let me see. Yeah. Why do you got to – I don't yeah. see Heaney pitch. We know what Heaney is, yeah. We've seen a plenty of heenies come through this town. <laughs> We've seen a lot of heenies. We've seen a lot of heenies, man. And we'll always have that Wednesday night game against Boston. That was awesome. Seven yeah. innings, one run. But I don't need to see him pitch again. Yeah, well, that goodwill doesn't go out the window if I get shelled tomorrow. Right. I want to be able to look back and enjoy that Red Sox win, not be like, oh, yeah, that was the one good game he pitched out of, like, seven. Yeah, they got bombed into the wing streak after that. I mean, what the fuck? We just put him in, like, the pen and it could be a long man. Maybe Heal doesn't have it, man. And, you know, you go down early and, you know, he sent Heaney in there.
Is he heels not even on the roster anymore, right? He got sent down. Right, right. And but he was gonna get called up Sunday, so I assume they would have had some sort of move to uh to yeah, make. I feel like something like this is is it's probably even more of like just a roster maintenance type thing. Like you just can't be bounce them up and down like that. So it's just wait till they need them and they'll they'll use them then. You know what I mean? I feel like that's right. not it's not even what the, it's not even like a strategic move. It's just like roster rules move. Yeah. So you, it's probably they you know you'll never know, but they might want heel pitching, but Heaney, you know, can't be sent down for him. And they don't need they they have the arms. So they're gonna go with the arm that they have. You yeah. I mean? Yeah. No, I know that's part of it. It's just I prefer just having the best people out there. That's just. Yeah. Pretty- yeah, it's gonna be I, I, the the big thing for me now is like when Glaber comes back, they have the balls of Benjamin. Well, that was gonna be my next question. Like, I know we're irrational fans, but at at what point? At what point do we do we start to actually take Velasquez over Glaber as like a serious? I'm are you there yet? I'm there. Are you there yet? I'm there. Oh, you're there already. <laughs> I'm there because look, we have a pretty serious left left side of the infield defense. If you have him and Gio over there, Glaber's yeah. a, li- a liability at the most important position on the field. I don't. I don't want that. I'd rather have a good defensive player who's a punch and Judy hitter than a bad defensive player at shortstop who might run into one. You know, You're still hitting two forty. Right. Yeah. And I gotta have a two forty hitter with this with a slick glove over there. I'll take that. So you're there. You're off for just riding Velasquez until you can't ride him anymore. Yep, absolutely. And you you realize that's not going to happen. Yeah, no, I know. I know that he's going to – that Glaber's going to come back at some point. He's going to get put right in there. And Um, I don't even know if he has any options because he's been around for a little bit, right, Velasquez? He's 27. Yeah, I don't know. I don't have the options stack up for him. Because they got two guys coming back sooner than later, Geo and uh, what's uh, Glaber? Is Glaber really that close? I don't think he's that close. I haven't really heard anything, but I, last week I didn't think he was that close. I don't think he's that close either. But I, they did an update during the game. I didn't. I wasn't listening though. Uh, but G, apparently Geo's close. Geo's going out to play rehab games this week. They said maybe Oakland. I mean, I'd, ra- I'd rather have Odor at bat or in the field or on the base paths at any part of a game over Glaber. Yeah, and Odor is going to end up losing some playing time. Which is fine. I don't care if he's not an everyday player, but he's, got, he's obviously a key part to this roster. And he's a big piece of the team. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, I don't mind because, I mean, if, if it's – if it's DJ Rizzo, Gio, Velasquez, that's your Velasquez, infield. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy. Yeah. Odor is going to be your DH at best. DH, yeah. Pinch hitting for, I guess I don't really know who will play. I mean, he'll, he'll, yeah, he'll play a game or two a week for LeMay who gets a day off or whatever. Yeah. But if you're just talking about your A lineup in like game one of the playoffs, Odor. It's probably between Odor and Voigt for the uh, DH. 
Yeah, and it's just going to be who uh, whoever's pitching, really. Right, and right now Voight's hot, so Voight probably get the nod over Odor. But you got to just kind of manage with your uh, with your eyes at that point. Yeah, see well, who's hot. That's a problem. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that could we, be. Yeah, they don't. They don't really do that. Managing with the eyes isn't their thing. Right, of uh, but I, so. there I, I'm there, man. I mean, to to me, I don't see what what do we have to gain by playing Glaber. I don't, I don't get it. There is like a, he's he is not the player that you want him to be. He's not even close to it. No, <laughs> I know. So give me a give me a pure shortstop over there rather than a guy who's not a, sh- a second baseman playing shortstop who can't fucking hit anyway. All right, so all right, all I, I, I'm trying to think about this level head because I watched Velasquez play short, and he did make an error tonight. Yeah, uh, but I watched Velasquez play short, and he looks like the real deal defensively. Obviously, offensively, he's he's probably not much of a stick, you know. He's playing a little. He's gotten, bit. Some, he's gotten some big hits, but you know, he's hitting a little bit above his weight right now. Yeah, his yeah, playing a little yeah. over his head. Yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm trying to be level headed, but yeah, it, it feels like I just I feel more comfortable with him. At but put you this way, at best, I feel like I want to find a spot for him on the roster to at least be a defensive yeah. replacement. But I don't even think they would they would do that because they have guys like that on the roster already, and they and they mm-hmm. value carrying a lot of pitchers so. I don't. I don't see how Velasquez is going to survive. Uh, I just. I'm just. I. I have not. I feel again. I feel like there's nothing to gain by playing. By playing Glaber. I get it. No, I get it. Okay, so he's a net. <laughs> which is one of these shows does. He's a net negative. Yeah, at that points. At points he is, but you're gonna have to live with him. It's just, and I feel like Velasquez is gonna get sent down. Yeah. Or DFA. I don't even know how. I don't even know what kind of options he has left. But yeah, I don't like it. Don't like it one bit. How about Sanchez? So he had a couple ribbies today. Two run single there in the eighth. As for insurance, are you for Gary being the? I mean, listen, Higgy's gonna be Cole's catcher. We know that. Yeah, but are you for like Sanchez catching eighty percent of the games, or are you more like platoon guy, kind of just see who's hitting, uh, who's playing well at the time? Yeah, that's yeah. You say it's a it's a feel for those two guys for me. Yeah, I, I'm not Agreed. picking one. I'm Agreed. not picking one or the other. That's it's all feel. Because yeah. Higgy played like shit when Sanchez was out, and then as soon as Sanchez came back, Higgy started hitting and and playing better defense. It was almost yeah. like he kind of felt the fire yeah. a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think it's got to be hot hand because both guys – I mean, Higgy has looked terrible at times. Sanchez has looked terrible for like four years now at times. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I think you got to just – yeah, it's going to be – oh, I mean, didn't he – did Sanchez kind of lose the job going into the playoffs last year? Uh. Yeah, he was Did playing Hickey really. Catch? He was playing really poorly. He wasn't playing good defense at all. His bat was, you know, dead. So yeah, he's he lost it. 
But I, but it's fine. So basically, if you're going, if you let's say this team gets to October, you're basically. I mean, if Cole's pitching, Higgy's catching, but you're just basically like, all right, who's playing well at this at this point in time? Yeah. Who's playing better? Yeah. And you cannot right. be afraid. You cannot be afraid to pinch it for one of them in a big spot. Oh my God, dude! Because you know, because you know they will, because they hate having that catcher, that that backup catcher gone in case somebody, you know, breaks a leg or something. But listen, part of being the Yankees is this, and we've seen this with great Yankee teams, and hopefully we're starting to see this with with this team. When you have all these guys, right? You have an embarrassment of riches, right? And you have like a Luke Voigt on the bench or a Rubio Dor on the bench. Mm-hmm. You know, and you have a guy stepping in for Glaber playing well. You have all these guys stepping up. You, you got to check your feelings at the door. You can't, be, you can't be worried about hurting feelings if you're no. both. No, but I think even with the catcher thing, I think it's like they're just scared to not have that backup catcher on the bench. Like in case yeah. you struck by lightning or something. <laughs> oh, but, yeah, but, I know. But no, but I agree, I agree with your point too. Is right. You cannot – it cannot be – a matter of oh this is our guy now no if you got a guy in the bench that you trust more in this big spot against this pitcher you got to just yank him there's no hurt and if somebody's there. struggling like if somebody's struggling they could be replaced yeah you know what i mean like if stanton's playing well right now but if stanton goes back on his bullshit voids you know voids dh in every day and you're going to put someone better in and you know in the outfield for stanton whether that's yep. gardner cuz you know, if you're going to watch somebody not hit, at least they play, you know, better defense, which would be Gardner. Uh, same thing with Glaber. Like, if Glaber's going to come back and – Stanton hasn't been bad since he's been in the outfield. I know. He's been playing well. All I'm saying is, like, nobody's job security on this team – nobody should be that comfortable with their job security because there are guys on the bench who are capable. Yeah, Absolutely. Absolutely, which is why we like to see that. We like to see guys like Higgy step up. We like to see guys like Voight step up when they got a little bit of pressure coming, you know, from the Sanchez's and the Rizzo's of the world. Right. Make it hard. Make it hard for the manager to sit you down. Right. That's you what know? Voight's done. He's taken yeah. advantage of his, you know, obviously right. in the NL Park, it's going to be tough. Although I could see them playing him tomorrow just because that's how they are. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't, with, especially I wouldn't with Morton pitching, but that's, you know, we'll see. Mm. Um, but yeah, I, like, I mean, you go back to '96, like Cecil Fielder, or Tino got benched in Atlanta for Cecil. Yep. Tino's a Gold Glove first baseman. Yep. So like, I don't know. It's not. It's not infa- unfathomable to see a scenario where, like, I mean, dare I say, we're in the World Series, and if Voight is going well and Rizzo's not hitting, maybe Voight starts a game at first base over Rizzo, and then yeah, Rizzo yeah, goes yeah. in for defense, like. Nothing's yeah, out of the question. No one's job should be that comfortable where you're like, all right, this guy's automatically it. Like, you got to earn your playing time. Yep. Got to earn it. The, again, the problem is, you know, a guy like Tory made a career of, you know, playing by feel. And then you have yeah. Boone who's playing by, I don't know what, whatever the computer says, whatever Cashman says. And it's not whatever – it seems like it's not whatever's in front of him on the field. So – He's had a pretty good stretch here, you know. I mean, he win, yes. they've been winning. He's been, you know, making the right calls in the bullpen, pulling Chapman early, you know, last week. Like that, yep. those kind of those kind of things are things that I wouldn't expect from him. So may, maybe there's that maybe there's a tide turning. It's not something anybody expected. I don't know. Neither of us, Steph, neither no. expected something like this. 
No way. Um, we expect them to get hot at some point, but now it's getting hot. Not to, like not like this. No, getting hot to the point where they're like they're a completely different team playing a completely different brand of baseball. Um, here into now late August, it's uh, you know it's it's got we got our eyes on things we didn't think we'd have our eyes on at this point. So Tory benched Wade Boggs too, and that's. World Series. Yeah, Wade Boggs, yeah. Tino. Yeah. He may have benched O'Neill too. I can't remember. Strawberry go play for O'Neill. Like, what a fucking bench, man. Yeah. That was a good bench. Yeah. Gotta have a fucking bench, man. They don't fucking value benches anymore. I don't oh, yeah, get he, it. But he, yeah, he benched Boggs, and Boggs had a big pinch hit walk, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. In game four. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. so that's 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 my point on this team. If Wade Boggs can get benched, if Tino Martinez can get benched, like if you're not going to play well, there's going to be a guy there yeah. behind you. Yep. Yeah, man, that's it. Step up and you know again, boom, press the right buttons. Find a way to press the right buttons. Yes, that's it. Um, did not mention uh, Cabrera's 500th home run. Miguel Cabrera, 500 home run club. Oh yeah, it's a big deal. Still, and he's like thirty-one or thirty-three hits away from three thousand. Yeah, he's getting there. Hopefully, he gets thirty. That's he's got what six weeks. Mm. I think he's gonna come up just short. Yeah, thirty-three hit. I think it's thirty-three hits in six weeks. Yeah, that's gonna be tough. Yeah. Pencil them in early next year, yeah, for three thousand. Would be awesome if he did it this year, though. If he did, I mean, not if he gets hot, you know, it's pretty yeah. DHs most of the time, right? These days, I think he only, I think he exclusively DHs. I mean, Victor, yeah. Mart- Victor Martinez isn't there to take PT away from a DH, so no, Victor's gone, <laughs> long gone. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's a, who's. I didn't see it. I remember, like, I feel like a bad baseball fan, and maybe I am, but I didn't see it uh, live. I haven't seen the replay yet either. But uh, I saw it on Stat Tracker when I was watching, I don't know, Base uh, Kids, one of my movies. I had the Stat Tracker. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. That's like something I feel like every milestone I was locked into when I was a kid. Yeah. Who did he hit it off of? It It was against Toronto. I don't think it was a brand name. Yeah, he went oppo. Wasn't anything special. He missed 500 home runs, but it wasn't like a mammoth <laughs> shot. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, it's a home run's a home run. I don't know who had like a special. Like I think of 500th home run, and I think of uh, Mike Schmidt doing his little dance. Right. Double fist uh, pumps, whatever it was. Like Mickey Mantle did it, he could barely run around the bases. Yeah, he could, he, he could feel every stride he took. I'm trying, I can't remember anybody else. 500 dingers. 500? No. I mean, I don't remember Bonds or McGuire or Sosa. Like, that's a blur. Like, they're 500? I just remember the 98. 500th? Yeah, yeah. No. No, I, I remember. Bonds is seven fifteen. Uh, I don't or seven. That. Well, I kind of no sold. I kind of no sold Bonds's milestones. 
Yeah, no, I just, uh, yeah, I wasn't locked into those. I just remember it. Um, I think Arod hit one against the Royal. I think that was five hundred. Was that the pop up? It was in like a horrible slump. Was it pop up, up to it. Pop up to left field. I don't know if it was a pop up, but it wasn't like a vent. It wasn't like a yeah. vintage. A Rod shot. Mm-hmm. Sheffield, I can remember Sheffield's 500 because it was with the Mets. Oh, nice. He was also <laughs> the answer to, on a trivia question. This uh, on a yes, I'm pairing the game tonight. What was the trivia question? Four guys have hit, four guys that have played for the Braves have 500 home runs. He was like the obscure one. Yeah, that's like Aaron, Eddie Matthews. Yes. Sheffield. There's a fourth one? Yeah, it's a trick one. A little bit of a trick one. Might not come to you right away. Yeah. Uh, okay. It's a trick. What do you play for like for three years? No, oh, not well. Babe Ruth? Yeah, Babe yeah. Ruth. Boston <laughs> Braves. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, he played for a year at the end of his career. Was it? Yeah, I think it was just one year. Yeah, I think it was like I think I don't think he even really played that much. I think it was more like the first base coach that just like went out there to kind of do the old Jimmy Dugan, like tip his hat, wave to the crowd. Probably. Yeah, I can get I can get you Babe Ruth's Boston Brave stats. Babe Ruth Boston Brave stats. Play under over how many home runs of the Boston Braves? Okay, let's see. We played for the well. Oh, see, I don't know. I think maybe it was Boston Braves at the beginning. Nineteen thirty-five. He played for the. Oh no, it was Boston Braves. Well, it's kind of a stereotypical logo they had of an Indian. Thirty-eight and one fifteen that year they went. Wow, he was the main draw. He probably played. He probably played thirty games. All right, so six home runs, twelve ribbies in ninety-two plate appearances, twenty-eight games. Hit one eighty-one. How many games? So did he six play? dingers. How many games? Twenty-eight. He had six dingers, twelve Jeez. ribbies. Jeez, how how old was he? In 1935, Ruth was 40. Not bad. Made it, made it pretty far. Yeah. 40 years old is pretty good. He just fell off then. really fast, man. I mean, when he was 38 in 1933, he went 34-104. Damn. So it just uh, – wheels came off a bit. Bruce only had one MVP. How's that possible? Lou Gehrig was on the team. True. Probably that uh, that that Yankee bias too. They want to give him. Oh, uh, it was it was around back then too. Hundred years ago. <laughs> no, it was probably because because Gehrig was so good too that they're like, well, both these guys are, you know, you can find somebody else that kind of deserves it. What was his nineteen twenty three? Was that his uh, MVP year? Yeah, forty one one thirty. How many did Garrick win? Did he win one also? Uh, I would think so. I mean, 
I'm sure he won Let's one. See. I think Garrick had a triple crown, right? Uh, Lou Garrick had a, I think he may have had a couple triple crown. No, he had one triple crown, it looks like. Lou Gehrig won the MVP in 1927. Oh, wow. So he was MVP. Dear Ruth hit 60. That's crazy. That is funny. And crazy. in 1936. I won the MVP in 36. Was 36 triple crown year? Uh, no. Uh, 1934 was. And somehow he was fifth in the MVP. Who, won that, who won that year? Hank Greenberg? Probably. Let's see. 1934 MVP was Mickey Cochran. Oh. Hank Greenberg was sixth. No, they didn't vote for Hank Greenberg because he was a Jew. Because he was a Jew, yeah. Mickey Cochran. They voted for a lot of Tigers, though. Jesus. He, Hank Greenberg came in fourth. No, Hank Greenberg came in sixth in MVP voting. He was the fourth Tiger down, though. Mickey Cochran, number one, Charlie Garinger, two, and somebody named Schoolboy Rowe. Whoa, Schoolboy Rowe in there. We should have a game where we just take obscure, like random obscure. I was a pitcher, this guy. Random obscure baseball players do like under over how many career home runs. Uh, let's do it quick. We'll get, we'll get one round in real quick. All right. That's a good one. Going forward. Yeah. I want, I want to find, like, a modern-day guy that you know so you have, like, an idea. Oh, okay. That's not, I'm, gonna I'm just going to Google, like, 2005 Pirates. <laughs> I, want, I want to find, like, a gross – I want to find someone gross. All right. Well, I'm going to do you one better. I'm going to find the Pirates from 1905. Okay. And I'll find somebody with a, you know, a decent career. 1905 Pirates, not bad. Honus Wagner's team. But I got to find a cool name though. That's what the, that's that's the key is the is the cool name. All right. I I I got I got a guy. You know this guy. Okay. This is career home runs we're doing, right? Career home runs. I'll give you three guesses. One guess, I'm going to hit you with over-under. Then your second guess, again, over-under. Then third is final. Okay. So you might be – yeah, all right. You know this guy. Ready? Yep. Ty Wingington. <laughs> Ty Wingington. Okay. Pirate, pirate and Devil Ray legend. <laughs> Yes, Mets, Pirates, Devil Rays, a little or a couple of years with the Orioles, Journeyman. Yes. So I okay. So I pick. I I do a pick over under. I'm I'm just guessing a number. I'm you throw a number. out a number, and I'll tell you over under. All right. And then you get another couple guesses. Okay. Ty Wing. Ty Wigington. It's not a spelling bee. Don't worry. <laughs> Uh, okay, I'm gonna say 65 home runs. 65 home runs over. 92 home runs. 92 home runs over. Wow. 
Well, if he's played like 10 years, yeah. 113 home runs. He went way too low. Are you 169 career home oh runs my for Ty. Way off. Way How long was his career, this guy? Uh, 02 to 02 to 13. All right. 11 years. Not bad. He had a couple. I mean, his career high, he had with Tampa in 06, he had 24. He had 22 in 07. Right. He had 23. Yeah, he had like four years in there where he had over 20. That's what got him. That's what got him, his big bulk. All right. All right, throw, throw a name at me. This is the, like, the, cool, the cool names here only play like one year. <laughs> so, so as much as I want to give you Homer Hillebrand or Steamer Flanagan, uh, uh, I can't because they only played one year. So it's no fun. Um, okay, we'll go with. That's why the journeyman guy is fun because it's like it's, it's a lot of there's some thinking involved. So you don't want you don't want. Uh, no, I, I'll take whoever. Give me okay. some. Give me anyone. This guy might still be alive because there's no death date on his uh, baseball reference. But okay, Dell Howard, born. Christmas Eve, eighteen seventy-seven. Oh, um, I'm sure he's dead, but I guess Dell Howard. Dell Howard. Yep, he played for the nineteen oh five Pittsburgh Pirates. Played for uh, this is the the Boston Bean Eaters. Okay, played for the and played for the Cubs as well. Um, not a long career. But uh, oh, where is that? Right, yeah, so this is like first dead ball error era. Yes, bigger ballparks. First baseman. First baseman. Yep. He, oh, this is uh, shit. I might do this. Like, this guy can't play long enough. Changing him. Sorry, Dell. All right. All right. Changing him. Okay. Nineteen oh five Pirates. We're we're gonna go. We're gonna go. Let's give him something else. How about the? Uh, 1955 Pirates. Perfect. We're going to jump ahead here a little bit. Jump ahead a couple of decades. Uh, he had six home runs in five years. For the oh, if I, I if you're playing at home, <laughs> probably would have went over that. Oh man, how do I just click on guys that only play one year? This is crazy. All right. Okay, so 1955 Pirates. Yep. Their first baseman was a guy by the name of Dale Long. I know we're not going. Dale Long. Dale Long. Uh, He played for Pittsburgh. He played for the Cubs. He played for the Giants. Played a year with the Yankees. Played for the – I don't know who this is. Oh, for the Senators. Oh, Washington Senators, American League. Yeah, played for the Senators. Uh, the Yankees. Was there another Dale one that played in like the 80s or am I thinking of Dale Murphy? Might be thinking of Dale Murphy. Because there well, was a guy who, who was tied with Mattingly and tied with Griffey for most consecutive home runs, uh, consecutive games uh, with a home run. Is that yeah. Dale Murphy? I didn't think so. I thought it was just Mattingly and Griffey for a while. No, there's a third guy. Huh. The third guy, I thought it's either Dale Murphy or Dale. Well, it can't be Dale Wong. 
I don't think it's just Dale Long. Well, it maybe it could be. Uh, Dale Long is a one-time All-Star, 1956. Yep. Um, he came 19th in MVP voting in 1955, and thus wraps up the career highlights for Dale Long. Okay. 1955 Pittsburgh Pirates played for 10 years. 10 years. Uh, like I said, a bunch of teams. Over under home runs for Dale Long. Might be better. The name, the name rings a bell, like big time. I feel like uh, I mean, it's not going to help me. It's not going to help me guess his career home run total. But no, because even his, like even his years in the Yankees didn't play a bunch. He played three seasons with the Yankees, didn't play a bunch. All right, Dale Wong career home run ten years. Uh. 1951 to 1963. All right. I'm going to say 97 home runs. Over. <clears throat> this might be that guy. If that's the case, I'm going to have to. Mm, 151. Under. Okay. So I'm in the. <laughs> I went a little too high. 97, 151. I think you're going to get this right on. I mean, I don't know why you would think that. There's <laughs> such, so many numbers. <laughs> One, 32. Oh, he nailed it. <laughs> no. <laughs> I swear to God. I swear to God. 132. Wow. I swear to God. And I mean, we that? peaked the first time playing the game. We yeah. peaked. That'll never happen again. No, there you got you nailed it. You, you did the right thing. You had the right. You went, you went way under. You went over, and you, you found the happy medium. You nailed it. I gotta Google this guy, because I'm telling. I know this name. It, it's. Let me see. Duh. Yes, Dale Long. Pirates, May 19th to May 28th, 1956. That was his all-star year. Eight straight games with a home run, tied yes. with Mattingly and Griffey. Wow, I didn't realize this guy. I, thought, I always thought it was just Mattingly and Griffey. Votto had seven this year. I remember Jim Tomey back in 02 did seven games because we ended it at uh, Yankee Stadium. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bonds had a stretch. Yeah. Dale Long, the third yeah. guy, the unknown. Yeah, not a bad career, Dale Long. Always, always heard that name. There now I go. could actually, now I actually know something about him. There you go. Baseball reference over under. That was a lot of fun. Good stuff. All right. I'll play again next time. Yeah. All right. Let me get this out there. I'll talk to you later. All right, man. All right. Peace. Yeah.